Given the turbulent chaos in our current political environment, I found uh, Mitt Romney's speech last week, just about a week ago, explaining his position on Trump's, President Trump's impeachment. I found it a striking anomaly. To make sure we're working off the same page here, Romney, a former presidential candidate, now senator from Utah, was the only Republican senator who found President Trump guilty of abuse of power, the first article of impeachment. Speaking with journalist McKay Coppins of Atlantic Magazine, 24 hours before the vote, Romney told him, this has been the most difficult decision I have ever had to make in my life. Coppins writes that for weeks Romney had sat silently in the impeachment trial alongside his 99 colleagues, reviewing the evidence at night and praying for guidance. The gravity of the moment weighed on him, as did the pressure from members of his own party to acquit their leader. As his conscience tugged at him, he said, the exercise took on a spiritual dimension. Coppins continues, Romney, a devout member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, described the power of taking an oath before God. It's something which I take very seriously, he said. I have gone through a process of very, very thorough analysis and searching, and I have prayed through this process. But I don't pretend that God told me what to do. For months, Romney's detractors on both the right and the left have searched for an ulterior motive to his maneuvering, convinced that a secret cynicism lurked beneath his lofty appeals to conscience and principle. But as Romney thought about all of the criticism and second-guessing of his motives, a hymn came to mind in his conversation with Coppins. Do what is right. Let the consequences follow. Maybe like you, among my acquaintances from across the political spectrum, I've heard a variety of opinions about Romney's speech, including a couple of people who found the appeal to spiritual conviction inappropriate in such a jumbled political moment. For me, I found it sincere. And when he choked up after saying, my faith is at the heart of who I am, I felt he was speaking truthfully, that his emotion was genuine, driven by his vulnerability in outing the core of his identity. I think that's what caused the emotion. Now, I'm guessing there are a variety of opinions in general about Mitt Romney represented here this morning. Opinions about Mormonism and Utah and Romney's political history. And there's opinions about the whole impeachment process. But if you can, bracketing all of that business for a moment, I found his testimony a bracing antidote to all of the cacophonous noise and clatter that otherwise bombarding us. In today's cultural 
climate, the impeachment proceedings were a very odd occasion for stating one's moral spiritual ground, but there it was. And on second thought, a refreshing reminder that standing on one's first principles seems a very lost art in our day of everything is for sale. The truth is whatever I say it is, or in other words, there is no such thing. Now I mention this today not to make a political point, but a spiritual one. This sort of thing happens so infrequently in our current culture that I didn't want to let it slip by unnoticed in here. And as it happens, the lectionary readings provide a useful context of consideration. As the story is told, near the end of Moses' life, as the Israelites are finally ending their 40 years in the wilderness and about to settle into the land of Canaan, Moses reminds them that they have a fundamental decision to make. He starkly tells them that they have options about the sort of people they will become. You heard. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him, for that means life to you and length of days. This reaffirms the constituting promise for the Hebrew people, reminding them of their most basic value commitment. And the Hebrew scriptures tell story after story of their individual and collective tendency to let other matters, other gods, if you will, capture their attention, causing them to forget this core value at the heart of life. But the stories also tell of God's relentless pursuit of his people because God wants nothing more than for their flourishing. The heart of healthy religion keeps a laser focus on what matters most of all. Colon. Loving God and loving everything God loves leads to abundant life. Loving God and loving everything God loves leads to abundant life. That is the core insight from our tradition. From this flow all of the qualities that reveal the glory of our humanity and seem in such short supply today. Humility, integrity, courage, fidelity, kindness, compassion, justice. This is the religious impulse at the heart of Jesus' life and teaching. He invites everyone who will listen to strip away all the life-sucking accretions that prevent human flourishing. That's the underlying agenda of the Sermon on the Mount at this, at this moment. 
In the portion we heard today, he radicalizes the law so that no one escapes judgment. I mean, who hasn't been viciously angry with someone wishing them great harm? Who hasn't lied or lusted or tried to take unfair advantage of someone? Who hasn't fallen into the trap from time to time of self-delusional corruption? Jesus means to level the playing field here, you see? Stripping away all of our defenses and conceits so we can see very clearly the heart of the matter. And here's the heart of the matter. Loving God and loving everything that God loves leads to abundant life and flourishing. That's it. That's the heart of it. That's it. You want to know the secret of a meaningful, joyful life filled with love and hope? You want to know the grand unified theory to abundant life? Love God and love everything God loves. (laughs) Gosh, it seems so simple, doesn't it? But I know from personal experience that attempting to hold on to this cuts me to the bone. This is not a sentimental discipline because after the manner of Jesus, it calls us to hold ourselves accountable to what we say we value most of all. And all sorts of things that have captured our attention and allegiance don't measure up. Some are actually antithetical to love, quite frankly. And these need to be named and discarded for the sake of our flourishing. Sometimes we call this justice. But now here's the wonderful thing. Here is the wonderful thing. Every single day provides a fresh opportunity for us to choose life. Every single day. Today, for instance, is a fantastic day to say yes to life and love. I choose to love God and all things that God loves. That's my foundational commitment. And we discover that oftentimes that sets us against the values of our environment. That's the way it is. So it is very good that we do this choosing in the presence of others who are also choosing the way of abundant life as best they can. You know, I am heartened and strengthened by your presence and your willingness to join my imperfect intentions. And hopefully you are heartened and strengthened by the presence of the others as well. We're meant to do this in the company of friends. I don't think we can do it on our own well. We need each other's strength and encouragement. We call this church, but at the heart of it, we're just a band of pilgrims seeking to live and promote abundant life for everyone. Now look, if when you go home today, the only thing you remember is the rabbit hole you traveled down when I mentioned Mitt Romney. (laughs) 
you will have missed the point. You will have missed the point. I'm telling you right now. Do not go out the door and tell me about Mitt Romney. I want you to go out the door and tell me about what your essential fundamental value is, what you are committed to, what you are choosing today. That's what I want to hear about. The risk in mentioning his story is the potential for your over-focusing on the political environment and your point of view on all of the players, including our president. But that is a distraction from what I'm really after here. I'm hoping that we'll actually think hard and deep about what matters most of all. That's what I'm hoping that we'll reaffirm the ground beneath our feet, as it were, and recognize that today is a very good day to offer this prayer. Holy God of life, I choose you as the ground of my being, the source of my hope, and I will seek to live and love in the manner of Jesus. Amen.